When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a road show on Friday. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, the pride of Fairbury with us. Bill Dolman, we are in Minneapolis. We are at the Graduate Hotel. Elijah Herbal has got the fireplace lit and built back home. It is quarter zip weather, Billy D. It's 50 degrees. It's cloudy. We are in the thick of Paul Bunyan country and a big one for Nebraska tomorrow. Thanks for driving. <laughs> Thanks for coming. You haven't seen my Uber tab yet. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that thing's uh, waiting, right? It's, uh, it's still in the, the sending process, but we've got a loaded show for you. We were here two years ago uh, with Searles and company, and, and man, it was uh, a great experience to be on the road here at the Graduate doing Hail Varsity radio live uh not a great game uh, a beatdown quite frankly uh we'll see if that flips for nebraska numbers to get in can join us at 466-3776-466-3776 or 800-825-5865 at bill dolman for billy d on twitter at schmidt underscore radio at herbal essence for elijah and we are stream yarding today it's a big show it's a road show so we're on the stream yard if you want to tag along on espn lincoln's facebook page do so feel free uh coming up in 20 minutes the pride of rushville we have the pride of fairberry but rushville's own kelly stauffer gonna be with us he's doing color for the broadcast tomorrow kelly a uh, longtime uh, nfl guy and has done uh, college football for a lot of years bill you know kelly well mm-hmm and uh, or sit down with him. Uh, I mean, he gets pretty deep, and it's really awesome material into what could decide tomorrow. Yes, defense. Yes, rush defense. But quarterback play. We talked about the game tomorrow, but we also talked about the uh, the program and the direction and Scott Frost. And uh, just uh, great to, be, to reconnect with Kelly. Uh, Kelly's a terrific guy and uh, is a phenomenal broadcaster. I think one of the best college football broadcasters out there. Doesn't get near the, the work and the big game play that, that he should. But he and I worked together for many years uh, on the, at the, the Mountain West Sports Network. He was one of our studio analysts and game analysts. And, and what was great with Kelly... Uh, uh, him being a Nebraska native, and people think, well, he went to Colorado State. You know, he must not be a Nebraska fan. And that's not the case. Look, Kelly was not an option quarterback. Okay, no, Kelly was throwing for four thousand yards. <laughs> right, you know, so a pro style guy. Yeah, so he was. You know, he had to go find a place that was suitable for his talents. But we would have many a Saturday afternoon, either in studio or uh, uh, doing games together, where we kept an eye on the Huskers, talked about what was going on with the Big Red, reminisce about the days gone by, and so uh, he he has deep 
deep affinity, affiliation, and love for the program like uh, those of us who, you know, have Nebraska uh, degrees and work for the Huskers. So uh, he certainly uh, will do a professional job tomorrow, but it's nice to get that the personal thoughts of a Nebraskan uh, as prominent as him and in terms of the direction of the program. Well, a guy who was a first-round pick and knows quarterbacks. So, uh, and, and that'll be the tale tomorrow along with uh, who rushes for the most yards, right? Is what quarterback play do you get tomorrow uh, from a guy like Tanner Lee or a guy like Adrian Martinez? Uh, you can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Uh, again, uh, Kelly Stoffer in about 15 minutes. Uh, we may have an RSVP from the third member and a really awesome member of ESPN's broadcast tomorrow. And uh, she just kind of popped by. She was doing a little prep work. Uh, Lauren Sisler is the sideline reporter. So Lauren may swing by in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, as we wind down this Roadshow Friday, uh, we'll hear from Clausburn, get our predictions. The Friday forecast happens. So just to kind of lay things out, if you're on your way up to Minneapolis for Nebraska, Minnesota. Uh, we are here at the Graduate. It's literally a bad punt away from. <laughs> we from, know what those are all about. From the stadium, just go directional as that's the key. <laughs> yeah, aim between your your left and your right return, man. Yeah. But uh, in all seriousness, it, we're we're two blocks from from the stadium, uh, and the Graduate. Of course, we're we're hunkered down there for for Friday road shows with the single barrel here in, in, in Lincoln, but we've uh, enjoyed the last couple of times here to Minneapolis as far as the setup, the venue, the people. Great Not place. necessarily oh the score. Gosh, this is a nice yeah, hotel. you got a, you got yeah. a fireplace going. You've got a bar, uh, the Beacon, Edith, the, Eden. The, 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 the MVP bartender. Yeah, Eden was, uh, took care of us, uh, and there's, <laughs> if you need some coffee after that, Chris <laughs> found that too. But uh, uh, Well done, and we've got a lot of Nebraska fans walking by, rolling by, they're excited. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of red. I don't know if, if it'll outnumber the maroon and gold, but you're going to have a loud, proud uh, Nebraska fan base here. And I think that's where kind of things have shifted. We, we've talked signature wins. We've talked uh, getting over the hump. We've talked quarterback play. There's turnovers. But in all honesty, you do feel good if you're a Nebraska fan about effort and intensity. We say it. So often, I say it so often on this show, that Nebraska fans know good football. And they can tell if the effort is there, if the execution is there. And you may not, you may not win, as was the case last weekend. But people recognize when things are going in the right direction. And I think the performance of the last two weeks, granted they have been at home in front of spectacular crowds and spectacular shows at Memorial Stadium. But you get the sense that people are starting to see things fall into place. The, the puzzle may not be entirely put together, but it's like, well, I think we've got all of the uh, the edges put together, and now we know how this is supposed to start to look. And you're starting to are, see the picture. You're starting to right? see the picture, and, and you get that sense. And just the, the few people that we have seen here, you know, people were, are excited about coming to the game here because they know that they're starting to see Nebraska football. It's something that, uh, uh, that we're used to, and it's something that Kelly talked about today as well that is starting to come into to focus that we are starting to see what we ex, what we have seen it may not be 90s like uh, but we're starting to see what we expect to see and that's good execution play hard and let the results be what they may and, and I think you know after what we've seen the last two weeks with a dominant victory 
and a game that for whatever reason you want to say, you know, Nebraska comes up short on the scoreboard. But people, I think, in the last two weeks are going, ah, we're starting to see it come together. Scott's demeanor. That looks familiar. Yeah, Scott's demeanor, too, in his press conferences, uh, even in the loss last week against Michigan. I think people who saw that at the moment and and have seen clips from it and then the way they were addressing things this week, Scott just seems a little different. And, you know, talking about how much he loves this team and how proud he is of this team. And I think people sense that in him. They sense a change in Scott. Um, and I think people are starting to respond. And when you get Nebraska fans behind you, they will back you as far as you want to go. And if that's to a bowl game and that, then this year, then that's great. And that, that road really has to begin tomorrow. Elijah, I want you to jump in here. But Elijah Herbal uh, back at the ESPN studios. We we spent a lot of time yesterday on the Bussin episode where you had Frost, where you had uh, Trev sit down, and both of them lost 30 pounds inside that uh, uh, non-working, non-air-conditioned bus of, of Will Compton's. But just seeing the demeanor, and you, you picked this up too, as a guy that's in college that's the same age as these players, you can kind of sense a shift, a change, Wins need to come. Uh, don't get embarrassed. Look like you know what you're doing. All, all of that is important. But uh, Dolman nailed it, and I think you'll agree, and I'm on board with it too. You, you have a high level of intensity. There's urgency. But I think there's, there's confidence. Yeah, and the number one thing that stuck out to me was that that unified voice from Trev Alberts and Scott Frost. It felt like they actually had uh, a good relationship. They were laughing together. They were making jokes, uh, not necessarily at each other's expense, but they were, they were making jokes that like you'd make with your friends. It didn't seem like that boss subordinate relationship. It felt more like uh, two friends who were on a unified mission. I think that was my number one takeaway from the podcast was just uh, the kind of synergy that those two have. Uh, and I know it's on a podcast. I know you're trying to have a good time. You're trying to go have a conversation and make people right laugh. Uh, but what I'll say is that, that that relationship between the two seems like a healthier relationship than the, the relationship we saw from the outside between Bill Moose and Scott Frost. I'm not sure if that was just my takeaway, but uh, that, that was something that really stood out to me. Babbers chimes in, our dear friend Mike Babcock. It is Tanner Morgan, not Tanner Lee. I have not had any <laughs> Captain Morgan. I promise you, as, uh, as Eden, our, our friendly bartender, rolls by. But, no, I think that there's there's just a comfort and there's there's a mission. There's a there's a common mindset. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. So this is a monumental game for Nebraska. Uh, it's going to be about rush defense. It's going to be about uh, getting three and outs by these black shirts. And it's going to be about uh, taking care of the football if you're Nebraska. What I am concerned about heading into this was, you know, where where's Nebraska at from a, from a mileage standpoint with their defense? They put a lot of effort and energy out to try and navigate things, and they looked – they look tired. They look tired last the last I said half. that to you in the middle of the fourth quarter. I said that defense is starting to look and tired, and they had the lead at the time, and and it proved, it, it, proved it, to it, be uh, listen, detrimental. This is not to, uh, to slap them because they didn't get a stop against Michigan's O-line or Michigan's running backs. A lot of that had to do with Michigan last Saturday. But we, we kind of turn our attention and our thoughts and prayers to the Chenander family right. with uh, with uh, with Coach Chenander's dad passing away unexpectedly yesterday. 
and we, we've all lost family members um, and some to illness, some to suddenness, and it, it's just gut-wrenching, and uh, you, you try and pray your way through it. Uh, when it comes to, to Coach Chenander, he has traveled with the team. Mm-hmm. He is here uh, with his guys on defense. Bill, you got to think with the number of guys that came back for a sixth season or Cam Taylor-Britt that, that decided not to go into the NFL draft, there is so much like love and camaraderie and trust with Coach Chenander, not only staff but player. And, and I think those kids, led by JoJo Doman, uh, Mr. Daniels, uh, of course, uh, Cam Taylor-Britt. I mean, pick pick the defense. Those guys all want to put their arms around Coach Chenander. I'm sure they have today. And I'm sure they want to – he's here for them. Well, they want to be there for him tomorrow. Yeah, you, you don't ever want to have an emotional, um, intangible f- factored into a game like this, in any game. It, 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 that is a That was very, very heavy news that we both heard this morning. Uh, Nebraska, I'm sure, had uh, got that news yesterday, and it has been a very tough 24 hours for that immediate family, the immediate Nebraska football family, and then Nebraska's family in general. People care. And, uh, uh, you know, the fact that he's here, you know, speaks to this is the way that, you know, he wants to to be in the moment and be with his players and be with his, his friends and uh, yeah, it, it is so tough, and you feel so much for him and the, the family. Uh, you know, it took me back to th- that Monday Night Football game many years ago when, when Brett Favre played the, the the day that his father had passed away. And went off. And had, you know, just that. You it's know, Bill Callahan. Right, and just had that night that you just, it's inexplicable. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure that Nebraska's players want to not just do well because they're well prepared and they have been well coached and that defense has been playing extremely well the last few days. Uh, it's one of the things we talked about with Kelly. It's one thing to be a black shirt. It's it's one thing to wear a black shirt. It's another thing to be a black shirt. And you're starting to see that Nebraska defense play in the way of those who who built that reputation. So that defense is playing very well. But now you throw in the emotional element of playing out of love for your coach, um, I think it is going to be an incredibly emotional day for Nebraska to perform well, to perform well for Eric and to honor him, honor his dad, who was, you know, apparently coaching some high school football in Iowa. Um, you know, I just think it's one of those things that you never want to have to address in a locker room. But I, I think Nebraska's players will respond honorably for him tomorrow. I think you nailed that. That's Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt, uh, Elijah Herbal Roadshow Friday. We're on the road at uh, the Graduate Hotel here in Minneapolis. Uh, back another Big Ten road trip, and we're going to try and do our best, if you're a Nebraska fan, to, to right the ship for us because we've been to Champaign. Sorry. We've been to Norman. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, okay? Yeah. So, so Bill. That's why I'm here. Let's Bill's get... a good luck charm. Watch us on StreamYard, on ESPN, Lincoln, on Facebook. And who's helping fill that gas tank up and put a roof over our head? Our friends 
with Arrow Brokerage and Ferris Financial Group uh, powering the road shows. Kelly Stoffer is on the way, part of uh, the, the ESPN broadcast team tomorrow. First round NFL uh, quarterback and, of course, uh, Kelly from Rushville, Nebraska. His take on uh, tomorrow's setup. And I want to tell you about your friends at Ferris Financial Group. Ferris, their goal to educate, coach, and help you work towards investment achievement. And uh, when it comes to strategy, uh, they are just incredible at budgeting, planning, and helping out with overall strategy. Uh, Times have been tough the last 16, 18 months with transition, and they can be there for you when it comes to starting a new job or going through a job change. Uh, Ferris Financial Group. There to help you as well contemplate retirement plans for life beyond that uh, that 45-hour work week or beyond you're, you're doing. So uh, check in with your friends at Ferris Financial Group uh, to help you work towards your financial goals. Contact Marcus Schmidt today at 402-525-6824 or can log on and send an email, marcus.schmidt at LPL. Dot com Ferris Financial Group.com is uh, where uh, you can log on and find them. Big fan. He's all right. No, big fan. He's all right. We are off and running. You're on your way to Minneapolis. You're here for Nebraska, Minnesota. Come see us at The Graduate, not only today for a road show. The weekend edition tomorrow, 7 to 9 a.m. The Bloody Mary Bar gets going at 8 here at The Graduate. And <laughs> Real Red Reaction follows Nebraska, Minnesota. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back at it, Roadshow Friday, Hale Varsity Radio at the Graduate uh, here in Minneapolis, Nebraska and the Gophers, uh, ESPN analyst, uh, Na- Nebraska native, first-round draft pick, Kelly Stoffer with this. He is doing uh, uh, color commentary for the game at 11 on ESPN2. Kelly, it's been a while since we've last chatted. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to be with you guys again. Most is I don't know about the bill part of this equation, but everyone else is good, I think. <laughs> well, Bill Dolman, uh, the pride of Fairbury, is a uh, longtime uh, friend and companion of uh, Kelly Stoffer. Bill, Kelly, uh, little reunion time. It, it is nice to have a, a bit of a reunion with uh, Kelly and to have a little better phone connection than we had when I was trying to talk to him with, when I was by Julesburg, Colorado, a couple of days ago. So it's nice to reconnect with an old mountain alum. Yeah, no question. We had we had some good times there, didn't we, uh, Billy? Oh yeah, it's a, a great network, great product, and great people. And I'm glad you're still in the business because the business needs guys yeah, like you. No, no question. A lot of a lot of water under the bridge in the last ten years, however. <laughs> That's right. Kelly, uh, a thought as we look at Nebraska and and Minnesota, and and I want to start off with Nebraska as you've kind of looked at them and studied them. And, and your take on this football team uh, being in every game against some heavyweights, but the, the one-score difference has been looming large in the Frost era, specifically the two-minute drill. You're a quarterback. You were uh, tremendous at two-minute drills through your career. Uh, and uh, give me, uh, give me some, some insight as to what you see from Nebraska's offense and what you see as to the why. Why are they struggling in two-minute situations? Well, I, that, that's obviously a vital 
that's obviously a vital situational uh, exercise in in the game, and and I think it's it's in two minute situations, but it's it's really in a handful of areas in that matter greatly when when it ends up being you know close games, which Nebraska has played in a lot of those, and I think the Big Ten typically has a lot of those close games, and so those you know those uh, important situational elements matter greatly and the bottom line is Nebraska just hasn't executed them exceptionally well or consistently enough and I you know I think it starts with the quarterback position to be honest with you I think Adrian Martinez is I think you uh, refer to him or I do as maybe an enigma you have he's kind of mysterious you know there there are so many things that about Adrian that you like, but there are these hiccups in, in moments that you think, you know, exactly where did that come from? And so I, I think the good news is they're playing really good teams really well, but to take that final step, you have to be really buttoned up in those situational moments, and, and they simply haven't been. Kelly, what does it speak to Nebraska that, uh, given where this program was two and three-plus years ago, to where they are now when they are, are in games like that now? And I think people will go back to the Michigan game two years when it was, what, 52-7 to seven or something, and then you have the performance that they had um, last Saturday night, which was a spectacular game. It did not go their way. But the fact Scott keeps saying they're close, they're close, it would appear to be that way. How do they get over that hump that everybody talks about or the turning the corner, all of those things? Well, I, Bill, I think that's the, that's the question. And, you know, if you use the analogy of mountain climbing and your goal is to, to obviously to get to the top of the mountain, um, to get to the summit, the thing you have to do is you have to continue to make progress but then reestablish kind of where your base camp is. You, you can't continue to, you know, gain, you know, gain an advantage and then go back down to where you were, you know, originally or a few days before. And, and I think that is really what Scott is in the process of doing. And I, and I agree with him. I hadn't had Nebraska for quite some time. And obviously I get a, lot of Nebraska questions based on where I live, but um, when I really started to delve into what Nebraska is doing, I honestly believe Scott is exactly right, and he knows better than anybody does, but I, I think they're on the precipice of being that team that everyone wants, and, and maybe the longevity to have that program that everyone in Nebraska is used to having. So, you know, closing that final gap that it takes to get to the summit, you have to be buttoned up in the details of, of every game. You have to be buttoned up in the decision-making at quarterback. You have to be buttoned up in those situational moments that matter when you're coming down to all these one-score games to get them to start to fall consistently into your favor. And, and I think that's what remains. So... 
so you continue to emphasize those things in practice. You continue to bring Adrian Martinez back to these important moments at playing the quarterback position that matter greatly, you know, in decision-making. You know, feel free to check it down to, you know, a crossing route as opposed to driving it into a, a tight end down the middle that's triple covered on second and ten in a part of a game that you don't need that play right now. You continue to emphasize those things, and also you continue to get better around the quarterback position, which is the big thing that, that jumps out to me with Nebraska now versus you know four years ago. Nebraska is considerably more talented around the quarterback position offensively, and defensively they have some difference makers. And so you have to go into a game like Saturday in Minnesota and beat a team that you should beat. You know, and if they play like they did against Michigan a week ago, that happens. But if you play like you did against Illinois, it doesn't happen. So it remains to be seen, obviously, the outcome uh, that we see on Saturday. Kelly Stauffer is with us. Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow here at The Graduate here all weekend. Uh, of course, uh, kicking off your Friday and uh, shows Saturday morning and uh, post-game show. Kelly Native Nebraskan first-round pick ESPN college football analyst kelly i want to get into some of those details and as a quarterback you've got that internal clock when to hold the football when to take an extra half account to to maybe hit a bigger play adrian's been under siege uh, a lot and you've got a young offensive line that's not helped things so that can make him a bit jumpy now he's way better or has been better since illinois that's uh, that's been uh, noticeable. You're right on with the talent around Adrian. Uh, I'm interested when it comes to over the middle throws and, and red zone specifically. Nebraska's better, but still not as good as they need to be in these one score games. What What is it about quarterback play that uh, a quarterback may have trouble making throws, finding crossing routes, seeing the tight end either up the seam or over the middle, what would cause a quarterback to be inconsistent in that part of the field? Yeah, I mean, the quarterback position, above everything else, is all about decision-making. And, Chris, you you hit on the thing that I think is um, front and center with Adrian. He's he's had an up-and-down career, you know, started really hot out of the box as a true freshman, and then in year two, he, he didn't live up to expectations for a lot of reasons. Um, first and foremost, they weren't very good around him. And secondly, he got banged up. And maybe thirdly, kind of over all of that, was maybe he wasn't in the right frame of mind. You know, Coach Frost has referred to this a few times. I think Adrian started to read his own press clipping, so to speak, and and, and maybe quite literally. So you come into year two wanting to make that second-year jump that is fairly typical in, at that position, and he didn't have that. He had kind of the opposite of that. And I think those things do set in. You, you kind of lose confidence. You, begin, you get a little jumpy when you're not protected very well. And all of that starts to starts to pile up and so that's what i see adrian doing now i think he's getting more confident in the pocket i think um at some at times he still has 
has uh, kind of the jumpy feet uh, syndrome that you referred to, Chris. It's getting better, though, um, and it's getting better for a couple of reasons. One, he's, he's more experienced. He's, he's getting a better feel of the pocket. But also, I think his offensive line is getting better, even though they're quite young. And, and I think all of that matters because as a quarterback, you, you want to feel the rush to manipulate the pocket in order to get your throw off. But you don't want to feel the rush where your eyes go to the pressure versus what you should be seeing down the field in order to get through your progressions in a rhythmic way. And so I see Adrian still fighting that at times. And then the other thing that Coach Frost and I talked about yesterday, as a matter of fact, is when you have a really good athlete at quarterback, and Adrian is their best running back, even though he's their quarterback, then you always are fighting this, you know, kind of fight or flight mentality in the pocket, which I didn't have to deal with because I wasn't a good enough athlete at the position to really count on my feet um, like Adrian can. And so, you know, when do I get out of the pocket? When do I have to stay and make a throw in the pocket? When do I have to give up on a play and just throw the ball away? All of that factors into how good of a quarterback ultimately you're going to be. And I really believe that Adrian Martinez is, is playing the best football of his quarterbacking life right now. And so that needs to matter greatly come Saturday. And if he plays like he did the second half of Michigan, I think Nebraska is not only in a really good spot on Saturday, I think they're in a, a really good spot going forward the rest of this season and maybe maybe in 2022 if Adrian decides to come back. It's Kelly Stauffer with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt, we are on the road. Road show Friday here at The Graduate in Minneapolis, Nebraska, Minnesota. Does it shift or is it more of that, uh, that Minnesota feeling? Uh, we'll have more with Kelly Stauffer. Uh, the pride of Rushville, Nebraska. Thoughts on Adrian. Thoughts on Nebraska. Hale Varsity continues. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Kelly Stoffers with us. Uh, ESPN analyst. Uh, part of the broadcast on Saturday. Hale Varsity Roadshow here in Minneapolis. Kelly, we'll let you get out. And thanks for, for taking time with us. A last thought here on Coach Fleck. And, and just kind of his, his M.O., and that M.O. has been uh, to be a pain for Nebraska. He's 3-1 and one against the Huskers. He's won two straight. He had uh, 20 less kids a year ago during COVID-2020, and they still won in Lincoln. You know, what, what is this, what's this matchup uh, look like to you when it comes to the headset part of it, Frost versus Fleck? Yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting uh battle uh you know the proverbial chess match as they say mm-hmm. and um and i think uh pj's been a little um frustrated with you know they've dealt with some major injuries that you know offensively in particular they're they're a run heavy identity and that's who he wants to be with a veteran quarterback that is a really good decision maker 
you know, Tanner Morgan doesn't put the ball in, in harm's way very often. And, and so, you know, can they execute that at the level that, that Coach Fleck wants to? That's a question mark. Defensively, they've been playing really well. They have, you know, their, their rush numbers defensively are, are really good, but I don't know that they've really, outside of Ohio State, has really played anyone that is very good at running the football. I think Nebraska is going to be a tremendous test. So, you know, I think Nebraska has to prove that they can go on the road in this environment where this, for whatever reason, the matchup with P.J. Fleck and his squad hasn't gone well for Nebraska. Um, Can they go on the road and put together a complete game under those circumstances? If they do, I think it's all about Nebraska and less about what Minnesota presents, quite frankly. Kelly, I'm going to throw one more at you before we uh, let you go, and I'm going to kind of tell a story out of class in terms well, of how we do our to, business. Why are you kind of hurrying me along? Why don't, I thought we were going to spend some time together. What are we doing here? That's later on when you pick up the check. <laughs> Kelly, you mentioned that you, you had talked with Scott, and, and, and the, the, t- the business uh, for guys like us is that you, you, you meet with coaches early in the week, sometimes the night before the game or whatever the, the case might be, and then when, after that meeting gets done, you and your partner and your producer, you get together and you kind of go, all right, what do you think you really meant? <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what did you get from yeah. that? What, what did you read between the lines? Well, that's a, I think that's a good question. And certainly us Nebraskans um, aren't, aren't wondering very far from wanting that question answered. Um, I hear it all the time, even when I don't do a Nebraska game, you know, Plenty of people in Nebraska don't even know I do this until I have a Nebraska game. <laughs> but, you know, this is, and this is my personal conclusion. First of all, I'm a Scott Frost fan, and, and I will uh, be down the middle come Saturday. But I was born and raised watching Nebraska football, as, as you were, Bill, and, and the traditions of it and all those things. And out pheasant hunting on a Saturday and listening to the Nebraska call on the radio. And, and so I think I, I believe this when Nebraska made the hire, that it was absolutely 100% perfect for what Nebraska needed. Nebraska got away from who they were with some outrageously poor hires at the, at the head coaching position. And I think administration is to blame for a lot of this fallout. And so Scott's in his fourth year of, it wasn't just a rebuild, it was a tear down to the foundation and even below the foundation, relay the foundation, and then start the rebuilding process all over again. And I believe that there was a lot of damage done to what we know as Nebraska football that had to be kind of revisited. And my opinion is, People in Nebraska have to have to tap the brakes a little bit with all the discontentment. I think they have, honestly, the perfect guy at the position to present what Nebraska ultimately wants. And I believe that more now than ever. And it isn't just what I heard from Scott. I think he's more than up to the challenge. It's the people in Nebraska need to be patient with the process and quite frankly, be realistic. I think some of the Nebraska people, 
between you and I and the man in the moon, and you and I are one of them, <laughs> that we can, you know, we can be spoiled in what we want out of Nebraska football. But the paradigm in college football has changed dramatically um, since Scott played there or Trevor Alberts played there or since I was listening to them in high school out pheasant hunting. Um, the, the landscape is, has moved, you know, in monumental ways. And so, and Nebraska isn't exactly sitting in a hotbed of recruiting in a, a Florida or Texas or even in Ohio for that matter. So how do you get back to what we all knew Nebraska football to be? Well, you, you invest in the building process that takes time. And you obviously want to see progress, but you also need to be realistic. And so the way that you overcome the fact that you don't have all the recruits you want sitting next door is you win. And people come to where winning is happening. And I love the fact that when I look at my, my spotting board for the game, that there are plenty of really good Nebraska kids playing um, essential roles on this team right now. And then you also have the right, kind of smattering of, of recruits from kind of one coast to the other, which is vital. But ultimately, you start winning those one-score games, and the recruiting will take care of itself because when you win nine and ten games, people are going to answer the phone that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. And all of a sudden, it starts momentum starts going, you know, rolling downhill, so to speak. And then you can stabilize the whole, the whole program. I think with Trev on board as the AD, he knows it, you know, intimately. Scott obviously does. I honestly think Nebraska are going to be very pleased with, with this product if they just stay the course. Kelly Stoffer with us. Dale Bar City Radio Roadshow here in Minneapolis. Kelly, uh, excited to, to see and hear your call tomorrow. And thanks for making time with us today. And uh, really awesome insight. Would love to have you on again, bud. Yeah, call me anytime. And uh, Chris, I just remind you to be patient with William, okay? Because sometimes <laughs> he needs a little loving <laughs> loving care but he'll he'll get there eventually saw that coming out of wild field no, no doubt <laughs> kelly you you're the best <laughs> thanks man <laughs> all right guys it's been a pleasure give me a shout again sometime there he is the pride of rushville and uh nfl first rounder part of the espn broadcast team and not afraid to take a shot no kelly stoffer but you guys go back a lot of years yeah i saw that coming though i did it it reminded me of the time i told tom osborne after he you know uh gave me one and he said uh, you know bill's tough to carry and i said you know you didn't win a national championship until i started hosting your coaches shows in the 90s and he goes oh yeah you and Boyd Epley taking all the credit. That's I said, I, I, okay, so yeah, go ahead. If, if Kelly Stoffer wants to, yeah. Good we'll guy. Get, we'll, we'll get into to why P.J. Fleck is trending. That's on the way <laughs> uh, as Nebraska fans are out in full force. They will wind <laughs> down clever. hour one here at the Graduate Roadshow Friday here in Minneapolis. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Winding down this first hour, Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday here at the Graduate Minneapolis, uh, the trifecta of our 2021 uh, road tour. Chris Schmidt, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal, back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios, helping power that uh, roadshow. Of course, Arrow Brokerage, Ferris Financial Group, and our friends at Arrow Brokerage, uh, full-service real estate brokerage operated by local investors for you. And they specialize in investment, and they've got a, a mighty team of realtors that help clients in all faculties with real estate. That includes buying, selling, staging, investing, and more. Uh, be sure to check out and uh, get in contact with Jenny Limbach or Marcus Schmidt uh, when it comes to your friends at Arrow Brokerage. You can log on, email brokerage at aerolincoln.com, the website aerolincoln.com backslash brokerage. And for the socials, find them on Facebook at Arrow LNK or on Instagram at Arrow underscore Lincoln. So we are uh, speaking of Facebook. We're streaming live as uh, you can find us on ESPN Lincoln's uh, stream yard set up and uh, the quarter zips are out you don't have yours on uh, we, we, we're not twinning anymore that makes me sad Sorry, I brought them for tomorrow okay. I brought my game uniform for tomorrow the, the game uni is tomorrow yeah. we're, we're here tomorrow can morning I wear, can I wear my NBC jacket on ESPN is that uh, allowed well, NBC Sports uh, Bill Dolman for sure we're uh, here tomorrow morning, the weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m. The Bloody Mary bar gets going uh, at the, uh, the, the big, big on that. Well, come on now. <laughs> you got an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, the Beacon is uh, a little bar here inside the graduate uh, with, uh, with Eden. Uh, great bartender. She's uh, ready to take care of you if you're a big red fan. And then uh, Real Red Reaction tomorrow. Uh, Billy D, part of that, myself, and, of course, Elijah Herbal. Uh, last time, our, our dear friend Searles was part of the, the post game, and it was a, a 34-7 to shellacking. I, I don't know that that's the case tomorrow. We'll have more uh, as to, to what actually happens with Nebraska-Minnesota here in Hour 2. Uh, we'll also have the Friday forecast on the way with the, the infamous Clausburn. He's imaginary, and he wears red. He is? He is imaginary. Oh, okay. So uh, he... Uh, He'll be with us around 540. Keep your comments coming. Vic uh, from Denver checks in, and uh, he says, I have a feeling Captain Morgan's going to be running for his life tomorrow. Uh, uh, The D is going to be uh, looking to to make a statement, and uh, they're going to be there for Coach Chins. That from Vic. Uh, Bob says, hello, Bill. Go Huskers. Our old buddy, Bob Dave. Stelter. Yes. An Oscar gymnast. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is nice. He does great work, I believe. Focus on the family now and uh-huh. marriage. Yeah, marriage and counseling stuff. Yeah, just a terrific guy. That's Hi, good Bob. stuff. Our old buddy, uh, Dave Barry uh, from, uh, the, from Wilderness Ridge. He's uh, in the Twin Cities now. Uh, he says, welcome to Minnesota. Can't wait to see you guys tomorrow and watch Nebraska get the win. Uh, we'll dive into how that happens exactly tomorrow. Uh, Lauren Sisler, part of the ESPN broadcast team, uh, she may be by in hour two with us. But uh, we'll dive into, uh, you know, the Adrian prediction. Really good article from uh, from Dirk Chatlin today on the, uh, the Enigma. And, and Kelly Stoffer kind of touched on it. That is Adrian. Uh, he has been playing great football. Turnovers have been costly. And is that eliminated tomorrow? It's got to be 
for a road win. Hour two on the way here from the graduate here in Minneapolis. Just a bad punt away from <laughs> Gopher Stadium. <laughs> Hour two next, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, the pride of Fairbury and NBC Sports. Bill Dolman on the road. We're here at the graduate in Minneapolis. Uh, Dan tweeted in. I said we're a bad punt uh, from the stadium. We're we're literally literally just uh, a hop, skip, and a jump between Williams Arena and uh, Gopher Stadium, and, and Dan asked, uh, "We're seven yards. <laughs> we're seven. We're seven yards. Uh, I don't kid yourself. I believe the defense and special teams have been packed for this uh, chance to get back to 500 ahead of the bye week." Uh, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios, and a full weekend here in Minneapolis with Hale Varsity Radio, ESPN Lincoln. Uh, excited to see you here if you're a Nebraska fan, even if you're a Gopher fan, as we're getting side-eyed right now by a big dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's with a Nebraska girl, so smart smart guy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he's giving us a thumbs up. I hope, I hope, that, was his, I hope that was his thumb. Uh, but uh, we're here in uh, tomorrow morning, uh, weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m., and then Real Red Reaction with ESPN, your chance to sound off uh, in person. Or uh, on the phones, as uh, we're here uh, immediately following Nebraska, Minnesota. A lot of Nebraska fans, a lot of red uh, wandering through. He says, go Big Red. Uh, mm-hmm. That guy works out. Uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's running from me. But, uh, no, excited to be here. Uh, we'll have the Friday forecast about uh, 35 minutes away. Uh, if you want to check out Kelly Stoffer, uh, incredible analyst with ESPN, part of the broadcast tomorrow. His sit down with us in hour one. That's posted on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle and also the on-demand ESPNLincoln.com. We'll probably rewind Kelly tomorrow morning as well. But just great insight on on both the quarterbacks, Adrian Martinez, uh, Tanner Morgan, uh, not Lee, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go from there. Elijah's going to jump on with this there because what's been going on throughout the week, and it was started by a Gopher Twitter handle, not the University. Bad move, bro. Not the University of Minnesota Gopher Twitter handle, but it was still funny. It was all in, in good fun, right? Uh, uh, kind of giving uh, the business, as John Madden would say, back and forth. Uh, between the fan bases, and right now PJ Flex been trending. <laughs> as Nebraska fans are sharing jokes about the Minnesota coach, and it was started with uh, uh, a Photoshop of, of Scott walking off the field, but it had it had PJ Flex face on Scott Frost's body, and then it had uh, a, a child being carried, and it was Scott Frost. PJ with Scott's Fre- wife next. Trailing yeah, 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 you know, the, the famous fic- picture after what was it, the Fordham game or the Buffalo game? One of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come so on. Long, and, long and short, Fleck is 3-1 and one against Nebraska and 2-1 uh, and one against Coach Frost. Nebraska looking to break through. Elijah, you've been, you've been kind of tracking these. And you've kind of got your, uh, your, your, your mean tweets uh, 
MVP running going on right now. It's been all within good fun. It's not gotten too horrid or personal. Uh, there are some that have gotten pretty horrid and personal. But. <laughs> I thought the, one, the first one was bad. <laughs> the guy who started it was bad. No, but yeah, with with the, the picture, right? I, I think my favorite one I've seen so far is uh, from Zach on Twitter. He says PJ Fleck steals steals the front seat even when someone else already called shotgun. that's pretty good Uh, we got uh, PJ Fleck pours his milk before he pours his cereal (laughs) wow that is a no-no yeah Uh, where's this other one I saw Uh, PJ Fleck has a full length mirror in his bathroom that his wife is not allowed to use <laughs> My PJ Fleck asks his his uh, fan base to sit down at football games. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, PJ Fleck asks for his beer with a straw. Okay, that's a pretty good one. Um, PJ Fleck takes the urinal right next to you when all the other ones are already open. <laughs> that has happened. Okay. That, no, that, that has happened. I kid you not. And it wasn't PJ Fleck at media days, but is it Durkin, the old Maryland coach that? Was a little bit too throwback, DJ Durkin. Remember yeah, that guy? Yeah. That now he's somewhere. Got whacked. Legit. I'm standing there. It's media days in 2017, and there's 40, you know, Johns right there. Wasn't a stall. Wasn't a throwback. But it's it's. <laughs> it wasn't Casey's. <laughs> no. Where <laughs> there's one in the corner, and then there's the no there's dividers. The, then there's the throne, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just going. And, and here comes Durkin, and I'm in the middle, right? So you can go left, or you can go right, or you can go in between, but you don't have to get hip right <laughs> next to me. And and he walks in, I'm just kind of not in my own business, straight ahead. He's <laughs> like, hey, what's up? And he bellies right up next to you. <laughs> and I'm like, coach, what's up? <laughs> That's a power move. Power move for sure. <laughs> well, Totally. <laughs> Um, Message sent. But we we got one here that came out from Ord Public Schools. I'm going to throw it up on the live stream so you guys can read it as well. Let's see if you can read that. Uh, It says, this is a formal reprimand for inappropriate attire during the school day. Schools in Nebraska support one football team and one team only. That is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. You stated while I was in your class, row the boat. PJ Fleck propaganda will not be allowed at Ord High School. I hope to see you wearing red from here on out, especially after Nebraska beats Minnesota. Please let me know if you have any questions. That was the favorite one I saw. That is wonderful. And, uh, of course, Ord, the pride of Ord, Andy Markowski and Doug Duda. I mean, that's – that's. Like Dick Jan is from Ord. Is he? Uh, yeah, I okay. think he's a chant. Good for, uh, good for Ord Public Schools having the back of red and white. Okay, my, my question here is here. Haven't people realized that any time you send up a flare on Twitter – Facebook, ESPN poll that has anything attached to Nebraska, that Nebraska fans will respond in barrages mm-hmm. and not stop. I mean, you don't see those. Like greatest the football top? team of all time. It's, <laughs> it's 95 it's, and 71. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore, the polls are like, who's the second best, okay? And then Nebraska fans go to the 94th and 71 team, right? You know, because 95 is the <laughs> that, best. That old one Miami team, it's down here a little bit, right? <laughs> God who's love you. But now the polls are, who's the second best football coach of all time, all right? We get it, Nebraska. You guys are banned. But <laughs> If you send up a flare on Twitter, <laughs> PJ Flex got to be in his office going, "Well, what the hell just happened here?" You know, he'll take it. I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's, he's savvy enough to understand. But that uh, Nebraska fans will respond. 
We'll get into the, the quarterback. And half. Yes, we'll get into the quarterback uh, discussion point in a moment. I want to focus here on <laughs> Fleck a little bit longer along with Scott <laughs> Frost. You've gotten uh, a number of points put up, right? Scott Frost's first Big Ten win as a Nebraska head football coach happened in 2018, and Nebraska absolutely annihilated Minnesota. Minnesota changed defensive coordinators after that game. Uh, 2019, really, I think your launching point for Minnesota was some early season wins Then their 11-2 and two top 10 finish campaign. But, man, did they take it to Nebraska in 2019, 34-7. Noah Vedro was a quarterback. Nebraska had a chance to tie that game. We were here for it. And then it just continued to go sideways. And Scott Frost talked about that ball game and the, the word he used, uninspired. Uh, Nebraska football uninspired. It was cold. It was it was sleeting. And Nebraska got the hell beat out of them by a really good, uh, really, really good uh, Minnesota offensive and defensive line with a good running game, with NFL wide receivers. And Nebraska just did not have any interest on the field uh, that, uh, that Saturday night. And, you know, Scott Frost later on, in that season was ticked off about sleeves and hood hoodies and kind of questioned his team's toughness. We've seen progress with Nebraska in big games. We've seen Nebraska have progress with their offense. We've seen progress with some complimentary football, not perfect, but you've seen progress as you go from 18 to now. Part of that continued progress is a win tomorrow morning against Minnesota. And Fleck, you can love him, you can hate him, you can respect him, you can diss him. The guy and his personality and his quirkiness is what it is, he finds a way uh, to make magic math, okay? I mean, he does a, a wonderful job of recruiting, developing, and they're always a tough out. And, and it, yeah. it would be a big statement with Nebraska's continued progression to go win a ball game and go win a tight ball game. Listen, after sitting down with Fleck the last couple of media days, you, you, you want to kind of snarl at the guy, but then after listening to him, uh, a lot of it is 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 pomp. Uh, a lot of it is is branding, but he's connected, and and he he like Frost flipped the roster early in their tenure, and in Minnesota right now, this is kind of for default second place in the Big Ten West. There, there's an element to the Minnesota program with PJ Fleck that's that seems a bit as though they have built this built a fence around their a fort around their program and they don't care what's going on on the inside and they don't care what anybody on the outside thinks of whatever the quirkiness is the sweaters with the tie the row the boat thing that was sprinting at the end of the third quarter yeah the row the boat thing that was you know catchy when he was at western michigan and he's going to bring it to minnesota and they're still okay we get it we get it we get it you know but and but i don't think that you know he cares and those folks who have decided that they're going to go inside the fort, you know, whether it's made out of cardboard boxes or wood. Snow the, fort. The, the, the P.J. Fleck fort, they don't care what goes on on the outside. They only care what goes on on the inside. Now, does that have a lot of traction in, in developing a program uh, uh, that is that it is going to be a con- consistent contender in the division, in the conference? I, I don't know. 
you know, his his name's going to come up at the end of the year. He's going to make jobs. sure his name comes it, up. Right, at the end you of know, the year. and it, it's it's going to be Florida State. I don't. I doubt it's going to be LSU. I SC? doubt it's going to be Miami. I don't think SC anymore. Uh, but he, you know, he he has built his brand, and and Minnesota is part of his brand. It's not necessarily Nebraska, or I mean Minnesota's brand. I think it's the PJ Fleck brand featuring Minnesota at this point. But, you know, look, he's, he's had success, and he has brought, you know, a turnaround here, which is great, and an attitude. But I, I don't know if they have the traction. And, you know, you talk about uninspired. Nebraska was uninspired here a couple of years ago. They were completely uninspired last year when they should have rolled them in Lincoln when it was an eight-man team against an 11-man team, and the eight-man team won in Lincoln. That was uninspiring. And if I'm Scott Frost and if I'm anybody connected with the Nebraska football program, much like uh, they did in uh, after the 93 Orange Bowl, was it? 94 Orange Bowl. We lost 18-16, one, one 16 left to go in the game, and that was on the scoreboard all summer long. I just show uninspired clips of last year's game and say this cannot happen again. This that was almost as embarrassing, I think, as the wayward Illinois punter running around Memorial Stadium last year or the awful performance at the start of this year. I thought last year's Minnesota game was an embarrassment at in Lincoln. And I think you take that into this game and say, We got a bye week next week. You leave it all on the field to make up for a year ago. And dare we say, and I, and I hesitate to bring it up, but the sad and the tragic news that Eric Chenander's mm. you know, father had passed, passed away yesterday, and Eric is here. And I do think that Nebraska, not motivated to win by that, I think Nebraska will play honorably uh, it, with respect to Eric and his father and, and in the, the moment. And I think you're going to get an effort where you can't say, well, we got next week off and we've really put it all on the, all on the line the last two weeks. I think you go into this one personably and honorably and you worry about you're going to get your break on Sunday mm. you know now is not the time let's talk about that conglomeration of of reasons okay you got whacked 34 to 7 and it was Abraham running all over you two years ago as a freshman it was Mo going for a buck eight last year 20 players down backup linemen, backup defensive. If I'm the Nebraska Black Shirts, they've tagged you twice. They yeah. have absolutely yeah. out-muscled you, out-manned you, and embarrassed you. And you've got a better defense. You've got a number of dudes. You've got 11 playing as one. You've got a stout front, uh, front four, three to four. And, yeah, don't kid yourself. Payback is on the mind of the Nebraska Black Shirts. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, this team with Adrian at quarterback. The last time Adrian started and quarterbacked Nebraska against Minnesota, that was the largest output uh, against a Big Ten team prior to the Northwestern outing. So there'll be a difference there. And if I'm Nebraska, you've, you've got uh, 100 reasons to, uh, to put it to them tomorrow. Now, Minnesota will not go quietly. Minnesota will try and, and, and lean on you and Minnesota is going to be comfortable. It's, it's just going to come down to uh, executing uh, making sure there are, are ferocious tackles and it's going to be it's going to be an attrition thing where uh, can you outlast uh, the guy across from you on the line of scrimmage. I'm interested too with this bad blood 
topic uh, between Frost and, and Fleck, and we go back to media days with the sloganeering. Uh, and, and, you know, P.J. took a little bit of uh, offense to that, and, and I'm sure there's been some talk about it coming into this week because this is, a, this is a, a breaking point for them as well. Uh, and, and listen, they played well enough against Ohio State but didn't have enough juice to get it done. Now they're the walking wounded. Uh, I think the thing that rubs people wrong above all with Fleck is they question his sincerity. Is he is he selling you uh, a vehicle that <laughs> it's a donut? It's not really a tire. Uh, that's the question. We'll we'll spend more time on this. Roadshow Friday here. Hale Varsity Radio continues from the graduate in Minneapolis, Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we'll get the forecast here in 15 minutes with Clausburn. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Working through a Friday road show, it's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal on the road here at the Graduate Minneapolis uh, ahead of Nebraska and uh, Minnesota. Tomorrow, 7 to 9 a.m. weekend edition commences. Uh, the Again, I'll say it again if you're a Nebraska fan, you got to check out the Bloody Mary Bar <laughs> and uh, go see Eden <laughs> over in the Beacon. It's attached here to the graduate, so uh, get one poured and uh, enjoy as 11 o'clock kick. I think it's going to be upper 30s tomorrow around that time, drifting towards mid-50s. Really? And then by kickoff, by halftime, we'll, we'll get to sunshine and, and – and, kind of march towards 60 degrees not quite sure what the wind will be like how that'll affect uh well clearly quarterbacks. clearly it's getting chilly because as people continue to come in and check in most of them in red i, I will red say yeah here, a yes. lot of folks uh we're in, we're in red which is nice uh but we're seeing more fleece more uh um, scarves uh we're seeing stocking caps so uh, I'm, I'm a little leery as to when we leave as to what it's going to be like. But uh, it, it's not, you know, winter Minnesota cold. It's just chilly Minnesota fall. It is chilly. And we went from mid-70s, amazing fall golf weather this week here. We crossed that portal between Iowa and, and Minnesota. And it turns, <laughs> it's, it's quarter zip weather. And my wife, because she's so sweet and loving, Said, how many quarter zips are you going to pack? That's uh, apparently all I all I have. A reminder to, to buckle up. Uh, nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, uh, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Our old buddy Seth from Lazari's checks in. You guys in Minnesota, we are, we are. And this is a, you know, you talk to a lot of Nebraska fans that were here two years ago, and they're back. They're back here uh, at the graduate. We're back, excited to be on location. And it was an awesome time except for four hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you talk about the trip, the the getaway, how does that change tomorrow uh, for Nebraska? How do they get to, to, you know, 500 uh, overall? How do they kind of get back to 500 uh, when it comes to, to conference or, or get closer to 500 in, in the West race. 
and it's going to come down to, to stopping the run, and it's going to come down to turnovers and quarterback play. And let's get into Adrian here. And I, I'm interested here. We're kind of at the point where, all right, do you get good Adrian? Do you get Adrian that, that just ends up trying to do too much? And I don't want to say that it was uh, uh, Adrian trying to do too much on that, that, that third and three against Michigan. That was Michigan making He did it. enough. He did enough. The what, what, whistle what, should have blown, he, blown uh, yes, he did yes. enough. Right. No, absolutely. He was yeah. well past the first down marker. That was Michigan making a play, and it, it, it was tragic for, for Nebraska's offense in that possession going for the win. I, I think he is in a good enough spot that, that Adrian's shown uh, plenty of resiliency. Do you have any question, concern, or worry that last week took too much out of him? I don't, no, based on I don't based on him Monday, and based on how he's kind of in a good headspace. And then Kelly Stoffer really kind of hit on that last hour as well. I don't, and you know, I am I am really impressed with with Adrian Martinez and the way he handles himself, and you know, he, the way he addressed the media briefly after the game last week, and understandably briefly, but you know. He he took ownership of that final play, and I, I think that final play was taken away from him. The fumble I'm talking about, not the, the, the fourth down miss. But, you know, he has been an incredible representative for Nebraska football, and, and I think he has grown as a, as a quarterback. I think he's grown as a young man. I understand why he is a captain again. I understand his leadership uh, capabilities. Does he make a bad play here and there? Yes. All quarterbacks do. Does he make some egregious errors at times? Yes. Does he miss? I mean, all of that. But I think Nebraska and Nebraskans, Husker fans, should be proud that they have a guy like Adrian Martinez representing their team, quarterbacking their team. I'm not going to say, I I said this a couple weeks ago, I think he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I'm not going to say that now. But I think he is one of the best in playing among the best quarterback position of any quarterback in the Big Ten right now. So I would look for him tomorrow. Look, that that third down and three and that fumble has probably lingered with him this entire week. And and I just don't think that he and I don't think the players, I I just don't think they're going to check out and go, you know what, we've been playing seven consecutive weeks and we got this eighth. Let's just let's just get to the bye. All right. Well, you know what? You should have milled it in on Monday. And called it good. They'd have mailed it in a long right. time ago if that was going to happen. Right. So I think this team goes into this game thinking, we got to buy beginning Sunday. Let's go out with a strong statement and let's set the tone for the rest of October and the month of November. And I think that starts with Adrian. I just don't see him being that flighty kind of fading in and out kind of guy. I think he's been consistent. Uh, despite some inconsistencies in his play, I think he's been consistent in his demeanor, and I, and I think Nebraska has benefited from that, and I think that they will benefit from that tomorrow. Minnesota has, uh, on paper, an incredible rush defense, 77 yards a game, number two in the Big Ten. Part of that is who they've played. Uh, can Nebraska deliver? Can they be good enough in the run game with Ramir, with Yet, with whoever else, maybe a Morrison siding with Adrian Carey in the football to, uh, to, to really be two-dimensional on offense. Uh, they stuck with it. They were patient. They're a completely different offense than they were week one where they got a little bit spooked and, you know, kind of 
chucked the game plan. They're going to have to play sledgehammer ball, hold the football, help their defense out. I think they can do it, but it, it, it isn't going to be easy. Minnesota's going to be cranked up. There's also the element of energy Nebraska's going to need to bring. You'll have 30,000-plus uh, Nebraska not Nebraska fans, but just overall. But it's going to be cold, going to be a bit dreary. We'll see what the student section's like. We'll see what the energy level's like uh, for for the Gophers tomorrow and, and how home field it truly hey, is. Hey, they're coming off of a bye week. There's no guarantee that that bye week was, was great for them. I mean, they had like, some decent performances in their their last uh, three games, you know, with especially with their run defense. And they were finally getting to the quarterback. And then they've got a week off, you know. So I, I'm not – I don't think anybody has to, should say, well, they've had the week off, so they've got the advantage there. Nebraska's played two of its best games of the Scott Frost era – in the last two weeks, why not make it three in a row? Why not prove that you can do it on the road? In a not that I've always said this: it's not going to be a hostile environment. It's certainly going to be better there, better here tomorrow than in Purdue or at Rutgers. But th- we're not going to be talking about the kind of environment that Northwestern and Michigan had played in the last two weeks, right? Right. So, look, Minnesota is coming off a bye. They're not going to enjoy a you know, the kind of home field advantage that Nebraska has at home. I mean, they've got to gear it back up after being a week away. And as I'm reading the Minnesota notes, I found out that they played Colorado. Well, I live in Denver. I had no idea because nobody talks about Colorado football, right? But, yeah, they've, they've had some decent performances, but Nebraska dismantled Northwestern as it should and should have beaten Michigan. And when Nebraska, and I know Minnesota has a good run defense, and they're, what, top five and in one category, top 15 and a couple of others where it matters. But this is not Michigan's defensive front seven either that they're going to be running into. I thought Scott went to the dive with Ramir Johnson way too much and got mad at Jacques Yant because he went the wrong way on one particular play. <laughs> but, you know, they tried you, to hammer it. They tried you're to hammer, over here now. They tried to hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, and it just wasn't working. I thought they went to that play a few too many times last last week. I get that Scott wanted to establish the run, and I'm all for that. But if Nebraska's going to use those dive plays, and again, how much option is Minnesota seeing this year? Zero. A thought here from Kent. He mails in uh, Chris at AleVarsity.com. He's like, look, no one uh, is disagreeing about Adrian's abilities. The question is, has he improved? And let's let's talk about that. You had freshman Adrian, and where is he now compared to freshman Adrian? Because you've got the middle part of 19, and you've got 20 where he lost his job. I think he's playing better ball than he was as a freshman, but how much better is it? And, and you've got five games left to kind of write that story. That's another big thing is that, is that this is not the Adrian Martinez that was, you know, he had a spectacular freshman year. Sure. Let's, let's face it. And he had help. He had help. Freshman. But, you know, and some of those really bad performances were a couple of years ago. This is not the same kid, you know, that, that was up here and, and probably got down a little bit when the whole McCaffrey thing and he's got some pressure and maybe he didn't respond very well. Or when the he team got down, you know. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think if, it's the same guy. If he started. Did he start against Minnesota? I know I know McCaffrey came in or was in and there was a, there was uh, a, a good back, back-breaking I think, no, Adrian, turnover Adrian, at midfield. Adrian had like 96 yards or 100 yards rushing okay. last year. I think he so started, he started that game. I'm pretty he sure. Lost 
missed his helmet, and here I came think, Mack. And then McCaffrey there was a started that Illinois game, and, and that was disastrous. And then I think Adrian was the one who finished things out. But uh, I think Adrian Martinez is, is in a much better place mentally, just as I watch him and as I listen to him. And, I, you know, those are the kind of mannerisms that I, that I, I tend to focus on with, with, with certain things. And I, I think he's a good leader for Nebraska and will be a good leader tomorrow coming off of two great performances at home. You know, what's Minnesota do? You're back to your third. You're down to your third string. I back Chris Adam Bell has seven catches all year. People are all over Captain Morgan about his season this year. He's at fifty-two percent, a far cry from you know two years ago where they were eleven and two. So I still think he's a good quarterback. Now he doesn't have the same supporting cast, much like we're talking about Adrian Freshman to now. So I'm I'm interested. Do you try and just slam it home and keep running the ball, or do you reconfigure things offensively to try and figure out a weakness against the Nebraska they're, defense? They're trying, they, you know, and what I've read the last couple of days is they think, well, it, it, it's going to be up to a more explosive passing game. Well, you just can't invent that. I don't care how experienced Tanner Morgan is. He's not thrown the ball. He is at one game of their five, one of their five games in which he has thrown the ball 19 times or more. Everything else they've been relying on the run. Okay, well, your top two running backs, one's been gone since week one. Uh, your, 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 your second one, uh, Trey Potts, uh, got hurt against Purdue. Mm-hmm. So now you've got this young stable of backs that you're trying to figure out, well, who's our guy? Well, so while we do that, let's, let's just go against Nebraska and throw the ball 38 times and see what happens with a fairly young receiving core that has not been as involved in the game plan in the first five games. And all of a sudden you're going to do that? In a bye week it's a bad against against a Nebraska defense that I, nobody in the Big Ten wants to play right now, right? I mean, even Ohio State, I don't think I think they're going. Well, that's a pretty good defense right now. Minnesota can't can't reinvent itself in a week against Nebraska. Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt, Roadshow Friday here at the Graduate in Minneapolis, not far from Gopher Stadium. Friday forecast on the way. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his thirties. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday at the Graduate in Minneapolis. Chris Schmidt, the Friday of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman. And we say hi to Elijah Herbal back at our studios tomorrow morning. Tune us in 7 to 9. And uh, that is the weekend edition. Mark Cranack will be firing back up with us. And then the Real Red Reaction Show commences immediately following Nebraska, Minnesota. What happens with the Gophers and Big Red? Uh, a slew of football to talk about. Don't know that this weekend can top last weekend with drama, uh, with scoring. And with uh, upsets, when you look at Bama, you look at Texas, of course, the Nebraska-Michigan game, you had a a bunch of games draw well over 4 million viewers. Nebraska-Michigan right around that that 5 million number, and it was pretty impressive. Uh, He is imaginary. He wears red. Uh, The infamous Clausburn is with us for a Friday forecast. Claus, how are you? Well, it's been a pretty rough week after that game, uh, of course. It left an entire state with a pretty severe case of maize and blue. Well, I'll let you fill in the blank. We were so <laughs> close, but just couldn't quite close the deal, which is, of course, something you're used to, Christopher. So, <laughs> a little bit of pain. But we'll, <clears throat> we'll get through it, I suppose. 
Well, without further ado, let's get to the forecast uh, with Hale Varsity. So we'll go down to SEC country, and, you know, you turn around, and it's another top-tier matchup. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, A place that some of us love, some of us loathe, is Texas. Six Street's incredible. Uh, Bevo's tranked. Uh, Is Texas tranked? As Oklahoma State comes to town, Elijah's get get us kicked off here. Texas minus four uh, against Oklahoma State. Well, you were half right. It's soon to be SEC country, Chris. Uh, I'll I'll take uh, Oklahoma State here. I think Texas put a lot of uh, effort on the line against Oklahoma. I think they're due for a letdown here. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State 34 and Texas 31. Question about Oklahoma State is their offense, and I'd never with the mullet, with him being a man and well past 40 now, I'd never thought I'd say, you know, does Oklahoma State have enough offense? I I wonder about that uh, tomorrow. I also wonder, to your point, Elijah, about Texas, uh, where are they at between the years after being up 18 and then losing like they did? I'm going to go with Texas. I'm going to go with Sark. As Coach Darlington uh, said in the the, the press box last Saturday, hide all sharp objects from poor Shark. (laughs) Sark, after that game, went sideways. Uh, Texas wins it uh, 37-28, win and cover for Bevo. Uh, Bill, what do you think? Well, uh, I think Texas is absolutely reeling right now, and they've probably spent the past week trying to get a hold of Nick Saban to see if he is yet interested in uh, taking that job um, after what transpired in the fourth quarter. I think that uh, team is reeling, and Mike Gundy is uh, going nowhere. Um, I, I think that they gut punch and go south of the border hunt Texas, and I think Oklahoma State Ooh. wins it uh, 37 to 17. Wow. Billy D calling for the Stillwater Magic. Claus, what do you think here, Texas or Okie State? Well, when I shut the game off because Nancy had asked me to go find the lead for the dining room table so she could host Bronco <laughs> night, it was 28 to 7 in favor of Texas. And I come back and it's 48 to 41 Oklahoma. So I've never seen anyone blow anything that hard since. Well, I've been married for a while, so I don't think I can remember back that far, to be quite honest with you. I'll take Oklahoma State in this one as well, 28, and Texas 25. Moving on. (laughs) Kentucky is at Georgia between the hedges. Okay, uh, you have the – listen, Wandale's transferred and and done well. Stoops is rocking and rolling with Big Blue. This is a monster line, 21 and a half. <laughs> Georgia doesn't care. They just keep on barking. I'm going to kick it off here. I think uh, Georgia wins. I don't think they cover. I think Kentucky uh, does pretty well. Uh, now, what's well against that Georgia defense? That's double digits. Uh, give me uh, a 31-17 win by Georgia over Kentucky, Elijah. Yeah, I'm with you in terms of a Georgia win in Kentucky cover. Rooting for Wandale Robinson to get a couple touchdowns. Uh, I think he gets two. I think he gets both of Kentucky's touchdowns. I think it's a 24-14 game. Georgia gets the win, but they do not cover a 21.5-point spread. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dillman, what do you say? I uh, I do think uh, Wandale Robinson will get uh, the two Kentucky touchdowns in that game in a 63-14 to 14 Georgia <laughs> win over Kentucky at Bill, home. Bill says just just move on from it. Claus, what do you think here, Kentucky or Georgia? 
Well, so far this year, me picking Georgia reminds me a lot of Christopher arguing with his lady. One of these times, I'll be right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll take Georgia in this one. I think it's a fairly easy game for them, 42 and Kentucky 21. All right, let's uh, go to BYU-Baylor, minus six. Uh, Anyone carrying alcohol around at this kickoff will be shot. I kid. Uh, You know what? BYU looked ahead. They got whacked last week. Baylor's pretty good, Uh, and I'm going to go with uh, the home field being the difference. A win, not the cover, 35 to uh, to, to 31, Baylor the win over BYU. Elijah. I'm intrigued by this game. Not sure if you guys saw this, but both teams are going to be wearing the uh, the old school logos on the helmets with the sailor cap on top. It's going to be a, a pretty cool helmet matchup, but that doesn't matter in terms of the score. Uh, I think Baylor gets the win here. I think BYU hasn't been the same since Zach Wilson left. Uh, so give me Baylor winning 31 to 20, an 11 point win for Baylor. They cover. Bill, one of your two favorite teams. Uh, let's talk BYU and. Baylor, what happens? This will soon be regarded as the most hated schools in the Big 12 Bowl annually. (laughs) uh, Nobody likes either of them. Nobody's going to like either one of them in about three years. Uh, That game's where? Baylor? It's in Baylor. Uh, I think think with BYU suffering its first loss uh, the other day, uh, I think maybe the, 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 the shine is off. The Cougars. Mm-hmm. I think BYU or Baylor's going to win this one, but I, I don't think it's going to be that great of a game. To be honest with you, uh, I'm going to say 38 to uh, 17. Okay, uh, the Bears says Dolman. Claus, what do you think here, BYU or Baylor? Well, this is a tough one to pick. Uh, one school has a fan base that can obviously be talked into anything. A really weird belief system. Uh, in the face of all the evidence, uh, just makes absolutely zero sense when held up to scrutiny. You could probably write a musical about how weird their thought process is. And then the other one is BYU. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Bears in this one. I agree with them. I think they probably win this one. 35 and BYU 24. We're going to quickly get to uh, Iowa. Do we have time, Elijah, here for Iowa-Purdue? About, about 30 seconds. I, I can quickly go through mine. I think Iowa gets a big win here, 35-10 uh, to 10 over Purdue. I think Purdue scares Iowa, but the Hawkeyes win 27-17. to 17. Backdoor cover. Where's the game? Iowa City. Oh, well, so there'll be fans in the stands. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, if it's in Purdue, then they'll be bored. Uh, and nobody wins. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> Iowa will win this game quite handily, probably 34-7. to 7. Claus, uh, Iowa, or Purdue, what do you think? Well, we're up against it, so Elijah, play a vomit noise and say Iowa's going to win 35-17. All right, well, hang on the line. We'll come back with a Nebraska-Minnesota prediction. The forecast continues. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here from the Graduate Roadshow Friday, Hail Varsity Radio. Many uh, thanks and much love to Aero Capital and Ferris Financial Group. Uh, powering the Roadshow, Pride of Fairbury, and NBC Sports, Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt, uh, Lauren Sisler, uh, part of the broadcast team. She's popped by to say hi. Uh, and, uh, of course, Kelly Stoffer with us 
earlier today, we conclude the forecast here with uh, Elijah Herbal and uh, Clausburn. He's imaginary and he wears red. Without further ado, let's get to our Minnesota-Nebraska pick. As we ran through the gamut, it's now uh, meat and potatoes time with Nebraska and Minnesota. Elijah, get us kicked off. Partner, what do you think here? Minus four, big red. I think Nebraska knows they need this win. I think they rally behind Eric Shenander, uh, who's going to be at the game tomorrow. Uh, So I think Nebraska gets a big win over Minnesota. The offense gets it going. Minnesota's not going to be able to get much of a run game going. And I think Nebraska wins big 35-13 over the Gophers. Our friend Seth from the bar, the bar, and Lazari says 50-0 big red. So... Good for him getting it rocking uh, this early on a Friday. I agree with him in a a Nebraska win. And I think Nebraska's offense uh, able to be better in in the red zone. They'll get a run game going. You nailed it, Elijah, that they will pay tribute and play for Coach Chenander tomorrow. Nebraska wins and covers 28-17. Bill Dolman. In honor of Lauren Sistler coming by, as she said that she would. Now, she was a gymnast at Rutgers University, so in, in, and she needs to know how I do this on this show. So, uh, gym, in gymnastics, you typically score 275, 285 points. I'm going to say Nebraska wins it 289 to 3. 289 to 3. That's uh, how we roll on the show, Lauren. That's says, how I roll says, here. Says Kelly what? Stopper makes an appearance, Kelly Stopper, good to see you again. How are you, man? <laughs> All right, Clodsburn, the floor is yours, friend. What do you think here? Nebraska minus four uh, against uh, Minnesota. Fleck and company three and one against the Big Red. Does it change tomorrow? Well, I certainly hope so. I, I really I try to be a forgiving and Christian person, but I really cannot stand P.J. Fleck, he looks like the guy in your HOA who complains because you only mow your grass once a week instead of three times like he does. <laughs> and speaking of grass, I joked last week that the, the change in the Husker attitude started when Scott switched from Copenhagen to Redman. And I'm really kind of hoping this week he switches from Redman to Bluegrass in Northern California, Cincinnati, and kills every gopher on the course. <laughs> and I think he will. I think Nebraska wins this one 42 and Minnesota 13. 42 13 claws off the top rope with a chair. Nebraska makes it happen. Claws, you have a good weekend. Uh, stay safe. Thanks for the time. Okay. There he is. <laughs> claws born. <laughs> Uh, wrapping up the Friday forecast. Billy D, thanks for sitting in, brother. I love it. Yep. The only thing that uh, Klaus is missing there is the okay. That about do you? Mm-hmm. Heard that plenty of times. Elijah Herbal, <laughs> thank you, sir. Elijah Brighton early. He ain't even leaving the studio. Tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, weekend edition. Uh, we'll get rolling, get you off and running before Nebraska and Minnesota here live in Minneapolis at The Graduate. And then Real Red Reaction follows here at The Graduate with Hale Varsity. Talk to you in the morning.